Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Welcome, welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning. We have a great topic for you today, and thank you for joining in. We are going to talk about teaching and leading. That's our overall topic, but our main focus today is going to be on equity in education. We have a host of great spe- uh, specialists here in the in the studio audience, as well as go- virtually. So we're doing this blended approach to bring you some subject matter expertise on the subject around equity in education. And before we get started with introducing the, the panelists, I want to just talk about the topic a little bit so that because I know once we talk about the topic and they've introduced themselves, it's going to just take off into some very robust discussion. So our topic today, again, is teaching and leading equity in education. Are all school systems treated equal? That's what we're going to talk about. And for this podcast, we're going to work on the definition uh, from this perspective, equitable education. And what we are defining that is as the pursuit of creating an educational system that caters to students of all kinds and develops their educational experience accordingly. So this means that no matter what a student's background, language, race, economic profile, gender, learning capability, disability, or history, each student has the opportunity to get the support and resources they need to achieve their educational goals. So today we're going to spend some time exploring if we have that educational education, equitable education in our work schools now, and if not, what are the gaps and where there are uh, success stories? We'd love to hear about those as well. So welcome to our guest. I'm gonna kind of step back a little bit. I'm gonna ask our, those in the studio audience first to introduce themselves and then I'll go to you all on that are vo- joining us virtually. Again, um, if you are listening, I'm encouraging you to get your pens and pencils out and take some notes, especially if you're in the education field. So let's get started with introductions. John, the first. Yeah, sure. My name is John Jacobs. I am the director of K-12 and Justice at a backbone organization, a collective impact organization called Up Partnerships. Specifically, I oversee our My Brother's Keeper San Antonio portfolio, which focused on boys and young men of color and how they can be successful in the educational um, journey. So I'm really excited about this topic yeah. and looking forward to having the conversation. Welcome, welcome, John. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am Kenitra Kiki Heights. I am a director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. But in the past, well, currently, I am still a certified eight, eight through twelfth grade speech communications and theater teacher. Yeah. Um, and before I got into my corporate field and world, I taught high school uh, debate and high school theater as well. So well, that would explain a lot of things, Kiki. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. I'm going to turn to you guys who are with us virtually. Uh, let's start with you, Mary. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Mary Duhart Thompson. I'm assistant superintendent of curriculum and instruction in Judson High School System. Well, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Tate. Hello, everyone. Uh, Tate Brooks here, uh, Assistant Director for Diversity and Inclusion at Florida International University, uh, known as FIU in Miami, Florida. We are the largest public institution in South Florida. Uh, There, I oversee all of the program initiatives uh, that's related to diversity and inclusion. That also we go over retainment and recruitment for diverse uh, employees 
um, at our institution. So I'm really excited to talk about equity in education uh, today. In your wheelhouse, right? Thank mm -hmm. you, Tate, for joining us. So before we actually get to talking about the subject of equity in education, I want to ask, why is it important? Or why is equity important in education? Anybody just jump in? All of you can kind of speak to that. Why is equity in education important? Well, you know, I, I'll jump right there. Okay. Equity in education is important because we want all young people to be successful. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't want uh, mm -hmm. one gender, one race, one demographic uh, improving in other uh better than others. So we hear words like gaps and disparities. Uh, we are trying to, as educational experts and um, educators, to make sure that the goalpost is not moved mm. or for a certain other people. Um, in San Antonio, in our collective impact organization, we have a citywide initiative called Future Ready. Mm -hmm. And we have a goal for 70% uh, of young people to get a post-secondary or workforce credential enrolled in a, a secondary post-secondary or workforce credential by 2030. As a city, we are committed with the mayor's help, with uh, educational sectors, post-secondary, secondary, secondary uh, nonprofit business to commit to that work. Because at the end of the day, that supports the workforce, uh, jobs uh, in the city. It improves education, improves everything. As I said, education is power. Uh, it's because it, it really infuses the city in regards to um, supporting folks to make sure that they get what they need to be successful um, in our communities. So mm -hmm. that's why equity is important so that people can meet their goals, their personal goals. Gotcha, thank you for that. Who wants to add to, to, to that? You know, that I can add to that. That's important. Yeah, Mary, thank you. That I'm coming from the K-12 world and I've worked with Mr. Jacobs quite often where he was before he was with this new one. But really looking at it from the standpoint, kid that walks into a public school is coming from various walks of life, various family, social, social uh, economic statuses. And it is up to the educators to ensure that every child receives the support that they need, affordable access to the education that, mm -hmm. that is being offered in that setting. And, and that may be that are coming in with learning disabilities to students that are coming in from a language barrier sure that we level the playing field and make, make education equitable. To, and that does not mean equal because people get those two two terms yeah. uh, mixed the same as equitable. Equal means that everybody is getting the same thing. And we know very coming from just getting the same thing is not always enough. We got to make it equitable and provide needs of the child. Awesome. That's that's powerful. You said a couple of things and I'm going to let uh, Tate and Kiki still chime in on this for a few minutes. I just want to kind of connect what we've heard so far that when we think about the programs um, uh, that has to support even our education and within the school system. So it's not just enough, you know, from what I'm hearing that we have to just count on our teachers to bring this equity into the workplaces, also our cities and our programs and things like that mm -hmm. that have to support that. But the focus is making sure that our children come to a, have a same playing field, right? That they can start off at the same place so that they can, uh, you know, where no matter where they're coming from or what barriers or risks they may have that you were talking about, Mary, 
just to get to school, let alone get the education. So the resources. <laughs> so we, went, we kind of talked about it from the perspective of the child mm -hmm. and the student and the why equity is important in that respect for them to have that equal footage. And I love that. And I also loved uh, that, Troy, that you mentioned it's an education is a power and right. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it affects mm -hmm. everything that we do, our whole way of living, right? Mm -hmm. So if we don't have that education, so we'll, we'll talk about those things in a minute, but I want to kind of shift us uh, and, and, and maybe uh, Tate, you and Kiki can walk us through the second part of that question around equity and education. When we think about equity from a perspective of an organization, why is it important for your 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 staff or your uh, facilities or those who are who are doing the educating the educators? Why is it important? Why is equity important for them? I think you know that that is a good transition into why I did an exit from teaching. Mm -hmm. I did an exit from teaching because of the parents because more a lot of that lies in the hands of the parents in. I wanted to translate going into the corporate world to reach them from a DEI standpoint so the parents can change and adapt their mindset to a more equitable understanding so that when their kids do go to school and they see those who are underprivileged, that there can be some kind of form of, you know, we need to really understand how our schools and our staff and administrators, and they can have the skills to challenge the administrators to make the schools more equitable for all children, right? Mm -hmm. When I was teaching, there was a thing called Nickleby, no child left behind. Mm -hmm. And that only works for so many children, right? That's what Mary is talking about, the equality versus the equi uh, equity portion of it, because we're still mis missing out on, you know, no child left behind is great, but you're still missing out on populations that are underserved and underrepresented as well. Mm -hmm. From an organizational standpoint, being a part of the community and helping out and understanding, having that DEI mindset and understanding that you are in a community where there are schools that don't receive the same resources as some other schools. You know, there's some neighborhoods in San Antonio that are heavily divided into this is where all of the, the black children go to school. This is the, these are the white neighborhoods and they have a very small percentage of black students and they get a lot of the funding. As an organization, we have to be able to step up and say, how do we support our community? How do we look at our whole community? Not just those schools that have heavy funding, but looking at those schools that are heavily underrepresented represented as well and as an organization how do we support them yeah so i think that's a huge step an important part of community giving is really looking yeah. at our students so making it a corporate responsibility mm -hmm. to tap into uh, being a part of that i know you mentioned that san antonio has some division in terms of uh schools i think that we could talk we have some statistics here that says national nationally or nationwide Students of color are often uh, concentrated in schools with fewer resources. Schools with 90% or more students of color spent $733 less per student uh, per year than schools with 90% or more white students. So I think that whole disparity is, is across our nation in, in, our, in our education and schools. And so um, I think the, the points that we're making, no matter where you're listening from, the you know the the topic of uh, equity in the workplace, or I mean equity in the educational uh, field, or it, whether you're in the field as an educator, or whether you're in the schools uh, as a student, 
uh, whether you're faculty, I think we have to think through um, why equity is important. I'm going to give you mm -hmm. some time with this tape because you know you're in the colleges, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I know part of your work, as you mentioned to me before, has been working with all of the dimensions. You know, the the students, with the faculty, with the parents, and with the stakeholders. So you have you know a view of all of that. So why is that going to be important from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I do love about John's um, title or his his uh, job title is that justice is in there. And that's yeah. what we talk about often here um, from an administrator in higher ed perspective is that every student that comes through our doors deserves, the deserves to experience justice, no matter where they come from, no matter what their background is. And I think that from our perspective, we do look a little deeper as to where these students are coming from and how they are prepared for college. And I will be the first to say that a lot of our administrators and faculty members um, lean in on a deficit view of these students. And so meaning that they look at these students with the lack thereof, right? They're coming in with uh, being underrepresented or they're looking at them as a minority low income student if they came from a certain district that didn't have as much funding or their SAT or ACT scores are not as high, right? So my work is to reframe the way that some of the faculty members are looking at these students, right? Um, and being able to say that these students, regardless of where they come from, still deserve their equal footing. They still deserve equal treatment as everyone across the board, right? Um, and also looking at the way that we even talk about these students. Right? That's right. So, um, I even borrow a little bit from uh, Dr. Byron White, who talks about a new language, right? Being able to change the way that we even describe these students. Not just looking at them as underrepresented, right, but looking at them as rising scholars, right, um, and being able to provide the resources on our on our campus that perhaps their high school did not have, or perhaps their um, uh, community did not have, right. So, writing lab was really important. One of the things that one of the students told us uh, during our we do a climate survey is a lot of our Black Caribbean students were saying there are not a lot of scholarships in their areas that really um, that are identity based, right. And so one of the things that we were saying as an office is that we need to increase our scholarships for students who are specifically Black and Caribbean, right. And so we took that upon ourselves to address some inequitable uh, um, resources that we noticed that scholarships at our campus was allocating more money in certain areas uh, than than the areas for Black and Caribbean students. And so addressing those issues, right, is increasing equity, allowing opportunity and access for everyone to be able to take a, a, a piece of this pie, right? This pie of justice, this pie of living um, um, equitably and freely um, and without any type of ridicule or any type of barriers. I love it. Um, I'm going to shift, you know, take because of that that uh, response just a little bit, and 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 let us talk and, and share with the audience a little bit of your thoughts around the framing of the 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 equity and how we present it, and you know the impact that perhaps it has on the person. I'm coming in viewed as. Uh, an underrepresented person that I need more help that I need to have. How does how do you think that should change uh, within, you know, whether in school and educating or even in the organizations? Do you think, uh, you know, that we need to start to think about how to refocus, how to re reframe that? Yeah, I think um, Tate. 
identified several strategies mm-hmm. in regards to that. Mm-hmm. You talked about, which is one of the major DEI, like one-on-ones is mm-hmm. how do we establish common language, right? Mm-hmm. Is your organization have a common language? What mm-hmm. does equity mean at your organization? What does diversity mean? What does these terms mean? Um, because they shift and change. I'm looking at the DEI yeah. person here. They, they shift and change in regards to different organizations. So what does your institution <clears throat> mean when they say we're going uh, underserved? Do we need to use different yes. words, right? He, he gave them, <laughs> so common language is the first beginning, right? And then also we have to look into move from boutique and and, and uh, programmatic a focus to system change, mm, yes. right? How do we look at yes. this? How do we change systems for young people, right? I think we we had times where there's programs for this and programs for that, program for that, and they they really focus on two tender, the low stakes, the 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 the, 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 the low hanging fruit. But we got to move to that system where it it, it changes how people approach um, groups of people, mm-hmm. right? And we know some um, in some systems, when you impact one, it impacts everyone. Like if you if you change the system for black and brown young boys, all different demographics benefit from looking at a system approach. So those are two things I would approach uh, DEI with. That was strong. So establishing that common language and system changes. What else do we have to add? I want to add to that because what Tate, Tate said something that really jumped out to me which was training the faculty, right, in a DEI form to get their mindset, that faculty's impression on future teachers mm-hmm. is so important. What doesn't happen in a lot of classes that teachers have are how to manage implicit bias mm-hmm. in the biases right. that they have. So when students come into the room and say they are disabled, they could be of a lower economic status, they could be black, brown, whatever, Teachers aren't equipped to handle their biases that they have towards those people. I mean, everybody has a bias. Let's just get that straight. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. So one of the things that really does need to change an impact is our curriculum that we do have for our teachers. Because it does start there. Mm -hmm. Teachers become administrators. They become principals. Mm -hmm. They become superintendents. And so... Like what I love about what Tate is doing is influencing the faculty, the staff, and the students at this college. We have more of that mindset so that they are prepared to handle more of those things. Gotcha. Perfect. So we, now we talked about establishing that common language, getting those system changes, and now we're talking about training to manage our, the biases and equip everyone to ha- actually manage their own bias, right? Mm-hmm. So this is great. Very great tips. I hope we're writing this down, those of you who are listening, because we're talking about ways mm-hmm. that we can make a difference within the education system. Um, and Kiki brought up a point that doesn't necessarily always have to be an educator in the system. You can be mm-hmm. in an organization that has an impact mm-hmm. at, within the community. So thank you. Mary, I'm gonna give you a little time on that um, to share if you have anything uh, on. Yes, areas that I oversee in my current job right now is the curriculum that we use in our, one of the things, you know, even though if you go into any kind of textbook, there's a certain look to, that are ch- chosen to be taught in our, our in our English classes that students are studying, poets they're studying, and one of the things, and one of the things that's been a, a real big push, even when I I was making sure that we bring in culturally relevant texts so kids can see themselves and themselves and their culture and what they're they're writing about and in making sure ever of that uh, when we're building our curriculum guides because our district 
rights for our teachers and making sure that we have, have diversity in what our students are writing about and making sure that even when we're that we're covering all sides when we're talking about events in 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 uh, history and making sure that our our teachers act that we can't just show one side of a situation where we're teaching about about the civil war we we just can't read what we can do we deem as the classic pieces that were written and not look at works of Maya Angelou and some of the other uh, uh, prominent African-Americans yeah. uh, students and did so our, because our population is so diverse in our district we have to we cover every every, every mm. culture and awesome. bring that into the classroom and, and engage awesome. in it in a way so that all students see themselves in what they're doing in school and I'll, I'll share personally that i have students in your district right i have my my grandchildren are in your district and i'll give a little uh, story about one of my granddaughters came home and was sharing that she was studying about martin luther king and her and so that was like a, a monday or a tuesday and she had a book and she read the, she was reading the book and she had written it written the book herself so it was one that she had handwritten from what she had learned so they asked her to write create a book on what she had learned about martin luther king and the things that they were teaching her we were like you didn't know we were allowed to say that in public you know it was just it was amazing so it was mm -hmm. great to see that and so the next Monday she comes over, she comes over after school and, and I asked her, so what are you learning in today? And she said, we're still working on Martin Luther King. And I'm like, you know, it wasn't just a one, 10 minutes, you know, one assignment or something like that. And so she went on to share more about, you know, his, you know, he would, how it wasn't just his, it was his dream. And she talked about his dream and then she went on to talk about, um, they made it more dimensional, more not about him, but how the community got about it. And it wasn't just a black effort. And, and so it, they really broadened it to make sure that every student could be involved. And then she felt some sense of pride about being mm. able to see herself in that culture. And then um, so I said, do you only talk about um, Martin Luther King or do you talk about other uh people of different colors. And she was going, went on to share, you know, that they talk about the Hispanic cultures. They talk about the Indian cultures. They talk. And so I was very excited. Uh, and it makes a difference because we as parents and grandparents can even now have those discussions with them because we are in organizations that are teaching that we're in churches that are teaching that we're in communities that are teaching that. So we're all coming together to help support that type of education. So um, I think it's, it's important for that. So thank you. Thank you. So I, what I wrote from you and what I'm capturing as we add to our list of tips, establishing that common language, system changes, looking at training to help us to manage biases. And then you talk about being, making it safe, uh, Mary, for our students to learn and to bring themselves. And even more important, what I took away from even my granddaughter's story is she can teach it now. Yeah. And so... I love that That's teach important. one, take one. So now she was able to teach me and share with me what she can learn in it. So to me, that's true education. When I can now just say, I don't know what her, you know, I don't know what she said. She said something about, but she wrote it, she could speak it, and now she can go and teach it and have a conversation, a real conversation with the whole family about it. I love that Mary mentioned uh, equity in curriculum because oftentimes when we talk about equity, we think of, we, we're mainly focused on resources and we're thinking about support. But equity in cur curriculum is so important because I'm, I've been completely shocked sometimes at, at the college level where some of our students who are black and brown, who have no idea who 
Fannie Lou Hamer or Ida B. Wells or <laughs> Cesar yeah. Chavez, and you know who these you yeah. know, huge giants are in our history. Um, and unfortunately, because of the state of Florida right now, as you all may have heard, right, <laughs> the governor Santa DeSantis is saying that you know AP um, uh, African American history cannot be taught in AP classes, and so it's it's, it's that again is an injustice, it's an inequity, it's flat out racism uh, when it comes to these type of um, strategies and these type of tactics mm -hmm. that are used to really keep our students from really learning the full history as what uh, Valerie mm -hmm. was mentioning with her granddaughter. She's learning the full story, right? Not just uh, yeah. from, the, from, from the tree, right? Mm -hmm. But the full story of what our, our history is about. So I love that equity and curriculum is super important as well. And, and I love how it's being framed. And so I know we're kind of still talking about, I'm still kind of st stuck there with with uh, framing this so that when we, when we, when we bring this common language that we are not um, just um, talking about underrepresented groups. Mm -hmm. Equity, as you <laughs> talked about, really about if I make it fair for one, it's fair for all. Mm -hmm. If it's justice for one, it's justice for all. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, that was a that common language. Mm -hmm. So maybe you know, just even the term equity, we might want to kind of start to kind of peel that apart and talk about really what's the value around equity. So I'll you know we talked about why it's important. We talked about even ways that we could probably reframe it and, and fill that gap. So how do you promote this thing equity? Um, you know, we talked about what it is and what we need to do about it. But how do we promote it to get other people? within the education system excited about what we're doing and not feel like it's an extra step or an extra, you know, hard work, which it could be. I don't know that I'm speaking out, I might be speaking out of turn here, but tell me, how do we, how do we uh, promote that and get people on, on board? I think you mentioned something with your, your daughter, Thank you. um, your granddaughter um, and the school, which my son's at the same school. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it's a, it's, 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 it's a culture of equity. Mm -hmm. Equity can't be a one hit thing where you just talk about it a few I times see. and as Tate said, yes. it's only That's in one area right. to consider across <laughs> curriculum and uh -huh. resources and other, it's got to be looking at it holistically. Like you've got to be able to be, um, and, and that was an, another thing I was thinking about. Uh, and thank you Tate for bringing that up. You know, there is, there's an attack on equity right now. There's an attack on, on things. And the word yes. that came to my mind was advocacy. You've got to be advocates. If you're going to be in this work, this type of work of DI, it takes a, a, a strong back, you know, a boldness, confidence, and, and want to advocate for people that are not at the table, right? Yes. And so, you know, it takes that work. And so to your, to your question, you know, uh, equity has to be, it can't be a one hit thing. It has to be thought about in every area. You be you got to be bold and you have to be uh, open enough to pull back the onion and look at places that you haven't looked at before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So holistically, it has to be culture. It has, from a culture perspective, needs to be managed holistically. Mm -hmm. What you're sharing with us. And then you brought in that we need to, within that culture, develop advocates that will help to give voice to those who don't have mm -hmm. a voice uh, and and again give the voice to those who don't have the voice not right. be the voice so sometimes we say i'm their voice and like well no give them their own voice absolutely so when we think about that um sometimes that's what we as advocates we want to be that voice and i'm just wanting to say just kind of pin that to say give a voice mm -hmm. give that space if you have that platform if you have that opportunity yeah. 
Um, if you have that career, I mean, that mentoring, coaching spot, give 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 them their own. Let them let them be their own voice. So I love that. Thank you for that. Anybody want to add to? I kind of want to share a story if that's okay. okay. We're, 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 we're winding up. She's giving me, my producer over here is giving us. Uh, I'll try, I'll try to right. make it as quick as possible. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, I had an employee at our uh, company, um, as we know, you know, celebrating MLK Day, we have a march and, and that's a part of what you do. Yeah. Um, and so somebody sent me a personal note that I work with and, and really thanked me for the impact that I'm making wow. in DEI because for the first time ever, they've decided to take MLK off and to take their kids to the march because they want their kids to be involved in the community from a cultural standpoint and for them to understand what it, it means. And they said, it's because of what you've taught me and the mindset I've changed that made me want to do this. And I'm hoping that we can continue and that we can, you know, mm -hmm. move forward with other things that will bring about and that I can teach my kids as right. well. And so I feel that's very impactful when we talk about that equity and that trickle out. It is a culture change, right? Because you have mm -hmm. to really make that impact and then it trickles down mm -hmm. to other people. And now you're teaching your kids from a parent's perspective, mm -hmm. you're teaching your kids. And so when they go to school with other kids, you know, they're, they're looking at them and they're saying, why aren't you getting the same thing I'm getting? And so now you're building advocates with those parental groups that can come and they can help and, and be that advocate, be that ally and be that voice mm -hmm. as well for their schools. So and I love that Kiki, we're also giving the voice to the, to the student mm -hmm. now that that student can go out and share, here's my experience. I went to the march, here's what I learned. I'm experienced mm -hmm. with my parents, here's my family. And so we have also given them a voice to, to take back to school. So um, you've married the two worlds, right? The, mm -hmm. the organizational support as well as the education. Anything with Anna, we will, I, I know we're running out of time, but this is such a good conversation. Thank you for sharing that story, Kiki. Anybody else have anything to add, Tate, before we end? I'll just quickly just say that um, numbers don't lie. And so <laughs> pulling data and pulling that that information out to your stakeholders, to your community members, uh, to donors. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know in higher education, like uh, oftentimes we are trying to pull in different organizations and different donors uh, to um, support our efforts. And they want to know, well, who's on the margins and where's the gaps? Mm -hmm. And we want to see the numbers and numbers don't lie. And so pulling uh, those statistics in your district, uh, seeing what is the passing rate for blacks for black males, you know, um, in this certain district and seeing how that relates to uh, the lack of funding and the lack of opportunities and things like that. And I, 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 I'm not a big numbers person in general, but when it comes to presenting this information and, and, and as John said, getting more advocates, seeing these numbers mm -hmm. and seeing the large gaps is some kind, sometimes yeah. can be absolutely appalling. And I think that, that that can be used as a great tool to get people on your, on your team. Perfect. And I would agree, I will agree with him. The, the you know, bringing the numbers in and to the table and bringing all voices to the table to have those conversations and then systematic change because it does no good to look at the data and talk about what the data is saying if we're it and so a lot of times i say okay okay now what now we know what we have we have the so what do about the numbers because you need to use data to drive to drive movement to drive conversations with everybody at the table parents teachers 
teachers, students, community mm -hmm. stakeholders about the systematic changes that need to happen in order for the betterment of all students. Mm -hmm. This is great, great tips. Thank you all so much. What a good conversation. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Talking about equity in, 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 in the education field, we learned that it spills over in all, in, in every aspect of our lives, right? And so education is powerful. Um, and, and we started with that. And I think we'll end with that, that we as, as, as educators, we as advocates need to make sure that we are supporting uh, all students uh, not just calling them underrepresented, they are students with potential, with bright opportunities in front of them that we want to make sure our resources will support them no matter where they come from and how they get there. So it doesn't matter who you are, we want that for all of our students. And so as we think about creating that just and equitable education, we want to make sure that we create a culture that's managed holistically, that we're building advocates and that we're using data to build our, our foundation. And we want to make sure that within that we're establishing system changes and that we are establishing common language and that we are training ourselves and others around us to manage our biases and our and our behavior. So. I got a lot out of it, obviously. I took some good notes, right? And I appreciate you all sharing. And uh, thank you all for listening. I will go ahead and sign off now. But again, thank you all for the opportunity to meet with you as guests. I welcome you back at any time. We're signing off. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning, LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.